It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Monday, October 30th, with your host, me, Ray, and the t-shirted guy, Zach. How are you today, handsome? I'm doing great, Pops. Happy Monday to you. Important day, gang. Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska, the new podcast from Car Edge has dropped, so we are going to pull that up on the screen caredge.com slash podcast please go check it out and please if you can a big ask today would be listen to this on apple podcasts and leave a review we really 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 want to get a new audience exposed to my dad to car edge and so if you can listen on apple podcasts and leave a review that goes an incredibly long way we're going to be talking about it all week because i really want to see dad you show up your face show up number one on the podcast charts for the automotive category. I think that would just be incredible. And I will throw it out there right now. I will take my dad out to a steak dinner if we end up number one, and I will personally pay for it. All right. So that is on the line if we can get him to number one. So please, carhedge.com slash podcast. And, so, and so are you suggesting the way for me to become number one is to expose myself? I need more exposure. Stop it now. I'm just saying, man. I'm okay. just saying. Yes. Three episodes yes. of Drop. Please go listen to him. We should have done an episode, Dad, on Stellantis, but fortunately, we get the chance to do that today. We get earnings from Stellantis, which is the parent company of Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. And they, Dad, they can't sell cars. They are truly <laughs> struggling to sell vehicles. Look at this chart that comes right here. Stellantis falls back into sales slump. Year-over-year performance at Stellantis, Dad, is down across the board. Even when we looked at like Ford, who keeps jacking up their prices, Hyundai, Kia, they're increasing their prices. No one is struggling quite as much as Stellantis. I found this to be super interesting. Customers are simply refusing to purchase their vehicles. What do you make of this? Uh, well, um, I, I make of it that that they decided to go upscale, much more upscale than uh, well their purchasers, their their customers, their buyers um, wanted to go, and it is reflective in their sales numbers that uh, going as upscale as they have hasn't brought the customer along with them. Um, that's what I make of it. I mean, you know, every organization has a team of people that try and steer it in the right direction. There are many times that many teams that are doing the steering get it wrong. This is one of those times. Um, you know, they've, they continue to raise the prices on the Jeep brand and the Jeep brand is struggling mightily. Um, it just, it, it it indicates to me that there are a number of people in an executive positions that are just out of touch with what it is that the automotive public really wants. Can we jump into average transaction prices here for a second? Because this is the story. This yeah. is 100% the story. No brand went more upmarket than Stellantis did in terms of where they were and where they currently are. And we have the latest data for the third quarter. Stellantis average transaction price increased by five more percent to $57,771. Yes. That's crazy. Crazy numbers. You know, and, and we're talking about um, brands that have traditionally been thought of as 
lesser quality brands than, say, Ford or General Motors. Um, you know, Chrysler and the Chrysler divisions and and their their subsidiaries were were never thought of in the same light within the industry, and I believe within the public. Um, as being on the exact same footing as Ford or GM. Well, you can't price your vehicles like they're Ford and GM if they're not thought of in those terms. You know, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of the days when I was with Mini and, and Mini Corporate hired a new person in charge of advertising and wanted to take it in a completely different direction. And he was the one that came up with the concept of what he said was Mini. We're, Mini is smart premium. Yeah. And, and it was like, just because you say it doesn't make it so. Um, and, and Mini sales tumbled. Um, while this gentleman was in charge of marketing and everything. And so just because you'd like to be able to charge what the others charge doesn't mean it's so, doesn't mean you can, doesn't mean that there aren't going to be um, downfalls if you try it. You, you play to your market. You know, if you know who your market is and you know what your market is, Stay in your lane. Get really good at that and, and grow that market. I want to put you and everyone that's with us on the spot. What do you think the average transaction price for a Chrysler product was last quarter, Dad? It went up 4%. So you want to buy the average Chrysler. What do you think the average transaction price was last quarter? Well, I, I don't even know what what Chrysler sells anymore. Um, but if I were to guess, I don't know, an average transaction price, $52,000, $53,000? I, I am blown away that you would guess even that high. $49,539. Their volume leading Pacifica is $49,931, a $50,000 Chrysler minivan. All right, let's move on. Then you have Jeep. Jeep sales are down significantly. Jeep is probably yeah. the brand that is struggling the most. It was one of their volume leaders. Not anymore. Jeep's average transaction price was up another 3%. What do you think the average transaction price for a Jeep was last quarter, Dad? 55000 $54,848. The Grand Wagoneer, that average transaction price somehow miraculously went up another 3%. To $104,567. The Grand Cherokee, which is their volume leader, also went up 3% to $56,447. The amount of growth profit in those is insane. The, the, about the Grand Wagoneer, is Derek Jeter the only one buying them? Well, <laughs> well, no, they probably had to give him one. But is he the only one driving one? I mean, I'm just curious. $105,000. All right, Dad, what about Ram? Ram pickup trucks? What do you think the average transaction price was for a Ram pickup truck last quarter? Up, In, up 7%. Up 7%. Um, $65,000. $65,473. What do you think the Ram 1500, their entry-level full-size pickup truck, what, truck was up 5%? An average transaction price. What do you think an average... Ram fifteen hundred costs fifty two five fifty five five. Add ten grand, Dad. Sixty two grand. 
More. $67,000. Get that. What are they out of their minds? <laughs> okay. $67,000 for a Ram 1500. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to make it 67, why not make it 75? I mean, what the hell? Make it even more exclusive. Um, what about Dodge, Dad? What do you think about Dodge? Their average transaction price up 8%. What do you think that uh, runs them now? Uh, 47.5. I wish, man. $53,000 is the average <laughs> transaction price. Okay, so this is what's so fascinating about this. You run through all the average transaction prices. That's what we, you know, we're not going to talk about Alfa Romeo and uh, Fiat. However, the average transaction price for an Alfa Romeo is $11,000 less than a Ram pickup truck. That just seems out of whack as far it, as I'm concerned. It does indeed, but it seems like the better value. <laughs> so here's the chart of average transaction prices. Maybe I'll ask someone on the team to make a chart that jet, that shows average transaction prices and sales volume on one chart. Because here's yeah. average transaction prices. Look at RAM. That's the blue line. The slope of that line is up significantly. It look at uh, we've got look at the pink line or the reddish line. That's Jeep. Up, I mean, they're all up significantly. Yeah. And then I don't want to make people car sick, but I'm going to scroll up here. Wait for it. 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 Here are here's the chart of sales. They're all down into the right. It's customer direction. Then. Yeah, that's not the direction you want them going. Uh, from what I understand, but but are are you suggesting for a moment that that there is a correlation between the decline in sales and the increase in average transaction prices? Is is that the conclusion that you're trying to draw, Dad? The sales numbers at Jeep are the lowest they've had in the past six years for a quarter. I mean, what other proof do you need to demonstrate that, yes, the more we jack up average transaction prices, <laughs> and let's be real, Stellantis has huge incentives relative to their peers. We yeah. can look at that down here. Where is it? Yeah, the average incentive on a Stellantis product is $3,709. And we can break that down by the different vehicles. Jeep had to increase their incentives 185% to three grand per vehicle. Ram incentives were up 47% to $5,724 per vehicle, almost back to where they were pre-pandemic times. Chrysler increased their incentives up a measly 11% up to um, 2,000, or excuse me, up to 1,444 Dodge incentives at 2,138. So like, yeah, customers are refusing and that's forcing Stellantis to go back to their pocketbooks, their checkbooks and say, okay, we're going to have to incentivize people to buy these things. And even as they're doing that, it's not enough. Well, you know, if, if, if you raise your, if, if you price your vehicles at the, and you factor in, in that MSRP, what type of incentive it's going to take to sell it, Instead of having price increases, what what do you think would happen? Well, of course, they'd have to sell down the existing stock they have um, because they're they're choking to death on on the on hand inventory. But assuming that they could sell down the on hand inventory, utilizing huge incentives to get rid of them, and then they came out and said, "We are going to lower." Our MSRPs on all RAM products, 10%. 
across the board. Think what about the press think people get? would go in and buy them? Yeah, think about the press again. To be contrarian yes. in this yes. market where everyone, Ford, again, I keep quoting it, but it's mind-boggling, Valeriat trim of the F-150 year over year heading $9,600 price increase in the MSRP. Ram. If you're an executive at Ram, come out, convince your leadership. Hey, guys, we're already spending six grand in incentives on every single vehicle sold, and we still have a 200-plus days supply of available inventory. What if we came out with an announcement that we're lowering the prices by 10% just across the board? That would get garner such goodwill, and that would be so contrarian to all of their competitors, and their sales numbers are demonstrating that they probably should do that because customers are refusing to purchase these things. No one else's sales numbers look as bad as, as Stellantis, as, as Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. No one else's, not even Ford's, not General Motors, none of the import brands. Stellantis is in a class of their own in terms of oversupply and falling, slowing sales. Mm-hmm. And they just got their UAW deal. I mean, it's not ratified yet, but they're going to have the UAW deal done soon. They got to do something. Um, well, yeah, you would think they have to do something. Um, it's just, you know, you know, ba- their, their incentives typically have been bigger than anybody else's in the industry for years. Okay. So rather than artificially inflate the MSRPs, just one time have your MSRP reflect the real value of the vehicle and see what I mean. Try try a different tactic. Um, and and I guess one of the reasons they use a lot of incentives, especially cash incentives, is so that they can show discounts or cash down if they use it as a rebate um, to fit it into the lending guidelines of of banks and and their captive lenders. But, you know, even the banks know that it's it's Stellantis' money that's being put down. It's not the customer's money. Um, It just, it just seems to me that, that, you shouldn't always follow the herd. Sometimes you need to break away from the herd and do things differently. Uh, and, and you know, Stellantis is a company. I, I mean, with even though their sales are down, Stellantis is a company globally that had an $18 billion profit last year. Okay? Yeah. So if any of these manufacturers could afford to deviate from the herd and try something different, you would think it would be Stellantis. They're the most profitable one out there, yet their sales numbers are atrocious and the customers, you know, are refusing to pay. Like, I, I want to take a quick, quick 30 second break. Then we're going to come back into this conversation. I want to remind everyone that if Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska goes to number one on the podcast charts this week for the Automotive Podcast, brand new there's three episodes this out week? this week, man. We got to get to number one this week, this oh week by God. Friday. We're going to check it tomorrow. We're going to check it the next day. Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska, please, the big ask, listen to it on Apple Podcasts if you have that or Spotify and leave a review. That is like how to, that's how their algorithms work. If you listen to it on those podcast platforms, then you leave reviews. That really helps. If it goes to number one, I am treating my dad to a delicious steak dinner. I think it's worth it, man. I think it's worth it. If we get in the top five, maybe I'll come up with some sort of uh, con- uh, consolation prize. Let me, ask, win. 
let, let me ask you a silly question. This steak yes. dinner, do I have to travel to D.C. for it or are you traveling here? I'll come to you. I'll come to you and we will live stream it. We're going to live stream from Morton's. <laughs> We're going to live stream from Morton's if we go number one. That is what's on well, the table I, here. I don't think I don't think Morton's would allow us to live stream, but that's, that, well, you know, this is this is a common law contract that we have just made. So, you know what? They're going to have to deal with it. Let's jump back into the conversation from Oh No, Mr. Bill. 78. Ray, can you explain how Stellantis dealerships are surviving without sales? Yeah, this is a great question, Dad. Sales are well, down. Sales are down, but, but, but the profits that the support that the, the dealers get from Stellantis between holdback, floor plan assistance, advertising assistance, hitting sales goals, it's enormous. It is what allows the dealerships to be profitable. Um, so Yes, even though sales could be down and are down, yeah, the dealerships are surviving because the cars that they sell and the parts and service and the warranty work and everything that they do is more than enough to offset a slight slowdown in sales. Um, I, I think Stellantis as a brand, their sales were, were up 2% for the quarter. Okay. The industry's up 16%. So their their percentage of increase is negligible compared to the rest of the industry. And then some of the Your brands are down 2% that down. Oh, down 2%. So I so, so but even with that, trust me. And those Stellantis products need a lot of parts and service. There's money in parts and service. There's money in the few cars that they sell in finance and insurance. There's money in hitting their incentives that Stellantis has set up for them. Um, you know, they they have um, many times they have stair step programs. Dealers are fighting to hit those numbers because that's where their profit comes from. Which brings up an interesting other story that connects into this, which is the UAW strike. So UAW and GM, so over the weekend with Stellantis, we talked about this Saturday night over on the Car Edge channel, Stellantis and the United Auto Workers have a tentative agreement. Now this morning, GM has a tentative agreement as well after there was another strike that was uh, ongoing, started this weekend against General Motors. The thing that I think is interesting about this conversation, Dad, is that parts availability is yes. one of the biggest challenges for the big three and their dealer groups. Now, it's not so much available inventory. If you've been following us, you know we have a Ford dealer that's in the Car Edge dealer network, and they are, I mean, it's the end of the month. They just want to, they're literally calling me saying, Zach, can you help us sell cars? Like, we have an oversupply of inventory. We've got Stellantis dealers that want to work with us because they're trying to find ways to sell inventory. That's not really the challenge. The challenge is the parts side of this, which is if a vehicle needs something, you can't get your hands on it. And that's something that's already starting to have an impact on dealers and ultimately would have been a big driver if the strike had been even more prolonged on dealers to start to say, hey, automakers, go figure it out with the UAW. like Because that's the biggest profit center of all for a dealership, especially a Stellantis dealership. And so that, I mean, crisis averted, there may be some trickle down effects here for the next couple of months, but fingers crossed, Parts supplies, uh, parts, excuse me, um, supplies of parts actually increase uh, so that we have enough to, you know, take care of vehicles, do reconditioning work, et cetera. What, what makes dealerships profitable is 
what's known as service absorption. And the benchmark in the industry is, and what service absorption is, is the amount of gross profit generated through parts and service is enough to cover the benchmark is 75 to 80% of the store's expenses. And so therefore, used car sales, new car sales, and finance and insurance has to cover the other 20% and then some. Good stores, really solid stores, could have service absorption 100%, 105%, 110%, meaning that everything parts and service does covers every expense in the store and every penny of profit on F&I, new car sales and used car sales, is just pure profit going to the dealership. If there are parts shortages because parts depots have been on strike, that has a negative impact on service absorption. That has a major impact on store profitability. So the worst thing that could happen for these dealerships is if they can't get their hands on the parts that they need so that they can be turning um, the hours they need and the profits they need in their service departments, that's what will really disturb a dealership. The fact that there might be some some occasional shortages on vehicles, they can live with that. Service absorption is what keeps them alive. Another aspect for the parts situation, Dad, we have so many domestic-made vehicles uh, from the domestic brands that are on stop sale because of recalls that need yeah. parts. It's like this happens to me pretty much every single week. Someone wants to buy a vehicle and we're trying to help them out and we realize it's got a stop sale on it and the dealer's just waiting for the recall to get lifted because they need the part to get the vehicle available to be sold again. So it, I mean, the parts situation is probably more material than the production of those vehicles. Again, most of these brands, with the exception of maybe like Cadillac and Chevrolet, have a, a material oversupply of inventory. I mean, you have yeah. it here from Ralph saying, I love driving by the local lots in my long paid off truck or wagon and seeing seas of cars parked, a local Ford dealer parking the Machis right on the shoulder. <laughs> so like, it's not for lack of supply of vehicles. It's, it's the parts do that are concerned. Do you know why they park them right on the shoulder? They're, they're, they're hoping, they're hoping somebody's going to come speed and lose control of a car and, and maybe total four or five, six of them, those mach -E's. Um, And maybe they haven't sold them to a retail customer, but they have sold them to their insurance company. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. So. <laughs> I knew exactly, exactly <laughs> where you were going with that. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Dad, we've got from Peter. He's saying, treat your father anyway. Yeah, Peter, next time me and my dad meet up, I probably will treat him to dinner. He's working incredibly hard launching the new show, Auto Insiders with Ray Shevsky here on YouTube. But even more important, folks, you can go to caredge.com slash podcast. And please, 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 I know I'm a broken record. I will be a broken record all week. Please listen to it on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify and leave a review. That is our only chance of like getting people who are unfamiliar with my dad, with us, you know, aware of it because it has to get on the charts. And I don't know. Everything I've read says that the more people you can have listen to it immediately and leave reviews immediately, the better chance it has of breaking out. And if we do get to number one, it would be incredibly fun to celebrate. I think you would be oh, you would absolutely. be befuddled. And, and but may I say, in, in, in contrary to what you I. I have. I don't work hard. I talk hard. 
I don't work hard. I mean, what I do is not hard work. I mean, I sit on my uh, on my on my ass um, <laughs> and and I chat. You know, I chat with you daily. Uh, you know, I do some interviews. I so that's not that's not hard work. Now it's not hard physical work. Mentally, it keeps me sharp or relatively sharp. Uh, or as Mark says, yes, I sit on my tuchus. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, you do. That, that ain't hard work. You know what else isn't hard work? Give me a sound bite, and then we'll go to it. Really? You got to be kidding me. You know what else isn't hard work? Coming up with this brilliant uh, observation. Zero percent financing plunges after pandemic peak. This is on the homepage of the industry publication, I'm, I'm sorry, Paige, but I'm calling you out. The share of all loans financed at 0% hit a new low in the third quarter of 2023 at just 1.1% down dramatically from a 2020 peak of 24.2%. Now, I'm not an economist. I just heard my dad you know, communicate that he doesn't work that hard. But Pops, I think you probably could have figured this one out, couldn't you? Um, yeah. I, I mean, why do, you think, why do you think it would drop? Um, let's see. When... When interest rates were two and a half percent, three percent, and you wanted to buy that rate down to zero, it didn't cost as much as when the rates are seven and a half percent or eight percent, and you have to buy it down to zero. So, since the cost of buying it down has gone up so dramatically, ain't nobody buying it down to zero. And and to make that a headline like that's some big friggin' news, it's it's like Mike You've heard me say it. The the problem with common sense is well, it's just not that common. And and this is the perfect example. We're gonna write that headline that they plunge. Of course it plunged. You know, <laughs> I mean my come up with a better headline. Come up come up with a different story. You know, make the headline say, "No crap." There's no, there's no zero percent interest anymore. I mean, oh, it plunged. Yeah, uh huh. It plunged. You're damn right. It plunged. Yeah, the cost of doing it went up. So yeah, of course it plunged. Sometimes when you go on those little mini rants, I've been I've been rewatching Seinfeld recently. Very funny show. You re, you remind me of like Costanza, George Costanza on that show. You really. <laughs> Because you're bald, man. Uh, I think it's because you're bald, you're a little round, and you, you yeah. yell. It's very cute. Yeah. I really love it. It makes me feel connected to you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Now, if I could only make Costanza money. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think yeah. his, uh, what, what's it called when you do that? You get a, um, is it a royalty? What's it a called? residual. A residual. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I I must say, um, I sent you that article, and it was like, I think I phrased it as, "Duh, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen?" Um, yeah, really. Yeah. So it's 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 really kind of silly when they look at some of those things and they make a big deal out of it. Well, it's not a big deal. It stands to reason. You know, yeah, if, it, if, it, it if it costs you next to nothing to do it, then you're going to do it. If it if it's costing you a poop ton, uh, guess what? You ain't spending the poop ton. It's just that simple. 
Let's go back into the chat. There were a lot of really fun messages that came in earlier from OG Camo Gaming says Ram in Columbia, South Carolina is advertising $38,000 below MSRP. Yeah, but you know why nobody's looking at the trucks on their lot? Because they know that $38,000 below MSRP is pure, unadulterated, 100% American BS. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I. Just be My real. fourth Grand Cherokee is on its way out. No chance. I'll drop $70,000 on a fifth one. Makes plenty of sense. Uh, we've got here from 222 Ain't. Stellantis knows how stupid the average buyer is. They're just testing the limits. Sometimes it feels that way. It I, really, I, really I does. I think they surpassed the limits. Based they, on exactly. Sale. I think that's what yeah. we're witnessing is they've surpassed. Yeah. They've hit the wall. Uh, we've yeah. got from Leon saying a friend of mine just got a base Toyota Tundra for 45000 No way I'd pay more for anything else. When you've got, I mean, we now have a dealer that we're, we're currently vetting uh, to be one of the Car Edge in-network dealers, and it's a Toyota dealer. They're mm-hmm. making deals on Tundras. And like when we talked to Marcello up in up in Canada, they're making deals on Tundras. So, you know, like you want to Sienna and you're cross-shopping that with Pacifica, which not a lot of people do, but is a theoretical option. Well, the Sienna, you're going to be waiting two years to get your hands on one. I understand yeah. why you might you know, force your, force your hand to go towards the Pacifica. That being said, you're comparing a Tundra to a Ram 1500. Get the Tundra for under 50000 Get the Ram 1500 for 70000 Doesn't seem like a hard conversation to have with yourself. <laughs> really, really doesn't. Really, really doesn't. Speaking yeah. of conversations. Yes? The yes. whole point of Auto Insiders with Ray Shevsky. And I'm going to show you, if you go to CarEdge.com, this is our new homepage. It's got me and my smiling dad on the front of it, which we're super excited about. Go to Resources and then click on Podcasts. Once you're on Podcasts, this is where you can see information about Auto Insiders, which again, we encourage everyone to take a listen to or watch here on YouTube. There is a video portion of that as well. The Daily News You Can Use podcast. This show you're listening to right now. You can also listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, things like that. And then we have Car Edge Electric Unplugged also on all of those various platforms. It would be pretty remarkable, Dad, yes. if we do a quick takeover for a week of the top podcasts in the auto industry. I'll pull it up on the screen really quickly. There's a website I use to, to like keep tabs on um, podcasts in the auto industry. So you can see it here. So the carpool with the car mom and her sister, Liz, that's number yeah. one, smoking tire, pass gas, yada, yada, yada. I think we're in like the top 50. We're about to find out, Dad. We're about to find out. Oh, there we are, number 26. Number 26, yeah. So hey, if you if you listen to this or if you watch us here on YouTube, please go check out on the podcast platforms. Give it a listen both for this show and Auto Insiders. Again, would love to see us up towards number one, number two, number three. That steak dinner would feel awfully good um, when you achieve a goal. You know, it just feels really good. No, and I I, I would love for you to uh, to have to pay. I really would. And and um, um, I'm going to- I got it. Oh, you got it? Is this the one? You got it. Okay. Uh, from Igor, based on mutual conversations I had with Stellantis in Geneva, we all agreed on the fact that their products is are overpriced by ten to twelve percent to start with on MSRP, which is exactly what we said um, earlier in the show. I, you know, just you, you can't you can't have your MSRP so high uh, because you know, well, you're going to buy it down anyway. Just I, I just remember. In 1999, when the 
3.2 TL came out for for Acura. Prior to that, it was the TL, and and it had an MSRP the in '98 or nine, what the previous year of like 35 grand, and they lowered it to like 29.9, and they added a poop ton of of standard equipment. That was every one of those was pre-sold for a year and a half because wow. it represented such a great value. Um, and it was priced accordingly. The MSRP was a legitimate MSRP. So maybe just maybe Stellantis should, I don't know, go, what would happen if we, we put a legitimate MSRP on our vehicles and, and see how, how that increases customer traffic and hopefully demand for it. How how difficult must it be to have the conversations? I'm just coming back to this because they made $18 billion. Yes. Like, Dad, here at Car Edge this year, I think as a business, we'll lose like $800,000. I know that's a huge number. That's massive. Yes. Yes. Can, can you even begin to think how inflated my mind will be when we make $800,000 in a year? Like I actually, I, I don't mean this tongue in cheek. Genuinely, if I'm the executives running a company that makes $18 billion, I might not even look at this data because you know what? I'm, I'm out playing golf on the I don't yacht. care. I, you I know, know they're, they're, go, they're, they're going, I don't care. They look, why look? We're making $18 billion. What the hell difference does it make? Um, well, you know, Maybe that eighteen billion could be twenty billion or twenty-two billion. Maybe um, it's just a thought that goes through my head because you know what? It's easy for us to sit here. Totally easy for us to sit here. Look at the numbers and say, "Hey, you guys are heading in the wrong direction." And at the same time, they could look at us and say, "Let me know the next time you make eighteen billion dollars. We are a bank. We print well, money." Well, may I say, the next time we make eighteen billion dollars will be the first time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. All right, Pop, let's call it a show. We will be back tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 12 p.m. No, 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And please, 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 I can't wait. We're going to check the charts tomorrow. I hope we're on the charts with Auto Insiders. And I got to listen to all your episodes, so I can't wait to watch them. I don't know when you're going to have time. Um, Tonight. I'm, I'm going to... I worked so hard this weekend, man. I am exhausted. I worked about 20 hours on Saturday and Sunday. We're hiring. Forgot to mention that we're hiring. We need help. CarEdge.com slash careers. I am exhausted, man. Like I, I took like 20 phone calls yesterday. Like I'm just rocked. Like I need, so I'm ending today at like 4.30. I'm done at 4.30 or 5 today. I'm just well, good for you. Tired. Okay. Tired, yeah. Okay. Well, well, Thanks. the good news is here's the good news. And for all of you out there, the good news is that, I believe if you're really tired and you turn on that first episode of Auto Insiders with Ray Shevsky, you will be asleep within 20 minutes. Just say it. Just, now, the rest of us who were wide awake to begin with, we might actually enjoy it and get sucked in. But you could not off. A bird pooped on me this morning. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> I've, I've had that happen too on my way to get a haircut. I was like, man, I was like, I've worked so hard. Why would a bird poop on me? Like, what does that mean? I had a good morning yeah. until the bird pooped on me. I think it's good luck. It really, yeah, really, it does. In a, in a, in a, 
positively negative way, it means good luck. I went to the bathroom. I like washed it off with soap and stuff. But then when I was just stretching there, I realized you can still yeah. see it. I mean, yeah, it. it's a, yeah. Well, you know, there you have it. I wonder what kind of bird it was. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't yeah. actually notice until it was too late. And then I touched it with my finger and I was like, oh, you, God, that was you went, yeah. oh, sugar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, bird poop. Um, yeah. When, when bird poops, it means money is coming. There you have it. So we're going to swing from that 800,000 loss to a, uh, uh, an 800,000 gain. It's a 1.6 million swing. There we have it. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. I love you, Dad. Enjoy your afternoon, and I can't wait for tomorrow. You do the same. I, I love you, too. Thank you, everybody, for being here. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, and 6 a.m. in Honolulu.